You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with Gregor Chisholm, our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter. We are at the winter meetings. We get to do the podcast in person. It's always better when you get to do it here on the, on the white couch at the winter meetings. Um, let's talk about the big news so far of this winter meetings, I guess, from a Blue Jays standpoint. And that's the Hall of Fame announcement on Sunday. Jack Morris waited so long, 15 years on the ballot, got so close and then didn't make it, had to wait a few more years for the Modern Era Committee. Finally, Sunday night, he gets the call. He's heading to Cooperstown this summer. Um, and, and it's a neat moment for a number of teams because Jack was obviously a big part of the Tigers, the Twins, and the Blue Jays. Just kind of sum it up from a Blue Jays perspective. Yeah, I think there's a lot of fans uh, north of the border who are, are obviously very happy about this, and it brings back memories of that 92-93 back-to-back World Series champions, and, and obviously Jack had uh, a bit more of an impact on that 92 team, yeah. and that's one he'll be remembered the most for in Toronto, and of course it came at just a spectacular time in his career. I mean, having come off that impressive run with the Twins, and you know, I know there's a lot of Blue Jays fans who are kind of following closely over the last 15 years as he was getting through that battle, and, and now he's in, in the in the spot he deserves, and I think there's a lot of Blue Jays fans who are happy about that. He hasn't been asked the question yet. I don't think he's going to answer it directly about what he wants to be on his hat. Obviously, the Tigers, he spent a large number of years yeah. and was great and won a World Series. The Twins, he had the big moment, the 1991 Game 7 of the World Series. And then the Blue Jays, he wins two rings. Now, you yeah. said it more for the first one than the second one. Um, I feel like the Blue Jays logo probably on the outside looking in, but yep. it'll be fascinating to watch what, what, how that decision process goes. Obviously, he has some say. The Hall of Fame has final say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even Blue Jays fans would, would expect yeah. that he's probably going to go in, I would think, as, as a Tiger, right. I think. And that's a lot of Blue Jays fans obviously have memories of that 92-93 World Series, understandably so. Uh, but people also think back to the 80s and the rivalry that Detroit had with Toronto for, for a really long period of time, and they were heated rivals at that time. So it, a lot of Blue Jays fans kind of still think of him in, in that jersey as well, but obviously they remember 92-93 as well. Yeah, and one of the spins on that, obviously, is the fact that he's going to go in with Alan Trammell, who is also yeah. voted in uh, via the Modern Era Committee. So two Tigers with Tigers hats going in together. It just seems to be a little more uh, special to do it that way. You know that's probably in the back of the minds of the people yeah. in Cooperstown as well. All right, uh, big news heading into the winter meetings. Uh, a couple of big dominoes fell. Before we got here, Shohei Otani signs with the Los Angeles Angels. He's in the American League. Giancarlo Stanton traded to the New York Yankees. It became official here on Monday as we record this, and that makes the American League East tougher than it was. As you think about that, that Yankees lineup now with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, all the young talent. So when the Blue Jays as an organization look at that, look at what the Red Sox have done here uh, in, a, in the recent years with big signings, what does it do for the mindset here at this game, at this winter meetings, and going forward a little bit? I think mindset-wise, it doesn't change a lot from the Blue Jays' perspective. At least that's what they're adamant about. Uh, but optics-wise, I mean, yeah. it's going to make their uh, challenge a lot more difficult uh, because this is an organization that's trying to find that middle ground. They're not in rebuild. They're not trading Josh Donaldson. Uh, but they're also not going all in and, and, and targeting a lot of the elite free agents out there. I think what you're seeing is this organization kind of filling in the gaps and adding the role players that they felt that they were missing last year. Now the big question is whether that's going to be enough because of what the Yankees have done 
uh, this offseason. You expect the Red Sox to respond in some kind of way. Uh, so there's a danger there that the Blue Jays could kind of get left behind. So it's going to be interesting to see what uh, general manager Ross Atkins comes up with uh, over the next couple of weeks because the, the Jays, if they have any hopes of contending next year, they're going to have to respond in some way. They might not want to go all in uh, to, to counteract those moves, but they're going to have to do something in order to remain uh, in the thick of it in the AL East. You mentioned Josh Donaldson, and he came out and has said that yeah. he would like to stay in Toronto. He's happy there. Obviously, he's going to be a free agent coming up. Um, what's the likelihood of that? Obviously, it's one thing to want to do it, and the team wants to get it done, but, but there's a lot more complicated yeah. things that are going to go into this other than a happy marriage. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think anything's going to happen this offseason. Right. Uh, I'm pretty confident he's not going to get traded. Uh, it seems like something the Blue Jays really aren't exploring at the moment. I'm sure there are people calling uh, and will continue to call about him. Uh, but, you know, they've on the record, the organization has said time and time again it has no intention of selling him because they want to contend next year. Now, what we also haven't heard of is the other side of that coin. Uh, you know, we've talked about how much the Blue Jays have respect for Donaldson and how much respect he has for them. Uh, but there hasn't been any talks uh, so far of, of uh, you know, extension outside of the fact that Donaldson said he would like to get something done. Uh, so I, I would be surprised if the Jays move in that direction this offseason. I think the Josh Donaldson story is one that we're going to be talking about for the next 12 months, right up until uh, next year, or at the very least, the trade deadline to see where the Blue Jays are at. If they're not in contention at, at that time, you're probably talking about a trade. If they are in contention, obviously he'll stick around, and, and then the Blue Jays will have to reevaluate uh, next offseason to, to see exactly what they do with him. But uh, this offseason, I think it's going to be the status quo. You mentioned Ross Atkins uh, and the eyeballs on him, obviously, after other moves within the division. He spoke before we headed down here to Florida for the winter meetings, and I thought it was interesting, asked what needs to be improved. He said we could improve everything on yeah. this team. Uh, but you said it. They're not going to do it with a big splash move. So they've already made some moves this offseason. What, what are the moves that can improve the team without shelling out, uh, opening up the wallet big time. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a lot of secondary moves, not like a big blockbuster move by any chance, but I think you're going to see people who are kind of acquired all over. And it's true, the Blue Jays, they need a corner outfielder. Uh, they need another starting pitcher. Uh, they need more help in the bullpen. Uh, and even though they've already made some moves to address their infield with a couple of moves this offseason, Atkins says he wants to continue adding there as well. So uh, you're talking about really every aspect of this roster. And I think you're probably more looking at uh, some guys through trade, uh, some of the second or third tier free agents. I think free agency wise, I would expect the Blue Jays to be pretty patient this year. We've seen the last couple years where they were really aggressive in free agency early. They signed Jay Happ two years ago as, as the first guy off the market. Uh, last year, Kendry Morales was one of the first guys off the market. This year, we're seeing a bit of a different approach. And I think what the Blue Jays are hoping is that when the dust settles on some of these premier guys at the start, that that second group, there's going to be some bargains there. And I think that's where they would like to do some of their shopping. When you look trade wise, uh, and they've talked about shoring up that middle infield, which they've already done to a degree, but then we've heard a little bit Josh Harrison. Uh, yeah. Pittsburgh Pirates, obviously a guy that, that the Pirates are moving more into a rebuild mode right now as their window is kind of closed a little bit. Is there any uh, fire to go along with the smoke we've seen about that? Yeah, I think there is, and I, I think that, uh, you know, it, it, he's exactly the kind of type of player that they're looking for because of the versatility. Um, the fact that you could play him in the outfield as well uh, and also fill in in the infield, uh, you know, would remain to be seen how they would want to handle Devin Travis versus him at second yeah. base, but we would know that Harrison would get a lot of playing time, and there's a lot of at-bats to be had, and I think that type of versatile skill set is what the Blue Jays are targeting because with all those areas of needs, obviously it makes your job a little bit easier if you can get one guy 
guy who can cover off a couple of those. And Harrison's a guy who would give the Jays Adam protection in the infield. And he would also be that corner outfield bat that they, they need right now as well. And the Jays have a lot of options in the outfield, uh, a lot of minor league depth in the outfield. Uh, but they don't have clear-cut guys coming into spring training, and that's where Harrison could be easily receive at-bats if they're able to ante up. Now, the, the challenge is that the Jays are trying to do all this without giving t up too much of their prospect capital. They, they were able to pull off a trade with St. Louis earlier this offseason. All they had to give up was uh, a deep, uh, low-level um, outfielder, uh, J.B. Woodman, um, and I think those are the type of moves. I don't think you're going to see anybody in like the top 10 prospects from MLB Pipeline uh, moved. I think it's going to be that... that number 20 to 30 type guys who, who were offered up to other teams. And Aledmus Diaz, the guy they got in that trade. Um, you look at the depth chart for this Blue Jays team as far as the rotation goes, and the fifth spot, I guess you could say, is Joe Biagini at this yep. point that holds that spot. Now that's maybe not what you want. He's a guy who's been able to pitch out of the bullpen. He's also been a starter. How does he prepare at this point? How is he getting ready for 2018 when he's got to be looking that, at that too and saying, you know what, here's an opportunity that I could, if I, if I can get it together and, and impress, become that full-time starter. Yeah, and that was one of the interesting things that Atkins talked about earlier this week is that the Jays gave him a very specific workout routine uh, this offseason because they wanted him to prepare as a starter. I mean, this is a guy who used to start um, back before the Blue Jays acquired him uh, prior to 2016 as a, as a Rule 5 guy, but he really spent the last two years not having prepared in the offseason for that starting role. I mean, he was a guy who was used more out of the bullpen. Last year, because of injuries, we saw him... Um, make a couple of different stints in the rotation, but it was pretty clear early on that uh, you know, he, just, he just wasn't built that way because of being in, in the bullpen for a year and a half. And we saw uh, fatigue, a bit of an issue. Uh, he was a guy who tried to pitch out of the stretch as a starter, um, almost on a full-time basis because he had, it had been so long since he had been pitching out of the windup. So there's a lot of mechanical issues along the way. And what the Blue Jays really wanted him to do this off season is zero in, improve the fitness level for the endurance, and then also work on some of those mechanics. And so the goal is for him to come to spring training prepared as a starter. Now the question is what the Blue Jays do with that fifth starter. I think at the very least they'll have, they'll add someone to come in and compete with him. It's also possible they'll sign someone to be the, uh, you know, unquestioned number five guy. And, and then that would leave Biagini back in that swingman type role. Uh, but he does have options on his contract remaining so at the very least even if he didn't make the team out of spring training as a starter you could actually stash him in the minor leagues make him your number six guy and, and improve the overall organizational depth at the same time you mentioned this team not wanting to trade those top talent prospects and let's be honest over the last few years it's improved this is a system that after alex anthopoulos went all in it was really decimated but it's bounced back there is some talent in that top 10 and some high-end talent one of those guys obviously vlad guerrero jr and we're going to find out if his dad is heading to the hall of fame uh next month but I would assume at this point, when you look at this system and where this team wants to go, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is absolutely untouchable. Untouchable, uh, 100%. And, and as you touched on, you know, the difference between the Blue Jays this year and, and, and a year ago, you know, a year ago, they wouldn't have been able to make the trade with St. Louis. They didn't have those secondary prospects. Uh, now the guys in their system are a year older. We've seen some development over the last 12 months. Uh, and so a year ago, whenever the Jays tried to get in on anybody, uh, the name that they received every single time, it didn't matter who, it was always Vlad Guerrero. Uh, it's because teams didn't really have that much of an interest on anybody else in the system. So they were aiming high, uh, but after the Jays said no, there was nowhere to go with the secondary discussions. Yeah. This year there is. So teams will continue to ask about Vlad Guerrero, uh, un unquestionably so, because uh, he's just that good. Uh, but the Jays are going to say no. And then what you're seeing this year is 
the potential uh, to continue those dialogues after Vlad Guerrero's off the table. But there, there's no question, Vlad Guerrero's untouchable. I think Bo Bichette is another guy who's untouchable. Uh, I really think all those top guys are going to remain in place, and instead it's those secondary guys they would, they would deal. All right, great stuff. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. For Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.